Once was a land of woe and strife Where the people were bereft of hope They prayed to their gods of might and light To deliver the heroes of old Instead they got Heroes, did you hear the quotes in my voice of moral ambiguity? They may help or may not help you at all, depends on what's in it for them. They kick and they punch and they maul and they smash, they lie and they scheme and they burn and they slash. Succeed or fail, it adds to the tale, dungeons and debacles starts now. Hello and welcome everyone to this episode of the Dungeons and Debacles podcast. I am your host and Dungeon Master, Kevin. Going around the table, Hannah. I'm Hannah. I'll be playing Talia, the human rogue. And Blake. I'm Blake, and I'll be playing Juliet, the dragonborn eldritch fighter slash wizard. And Shane. That's me playing Alexander, the bard and wizard. And Oliver. I am Oliver. I will be playing Edel Belmont, the Hellsworn paladin. And John. And it's me. Playing Eludidas, Elven Monk. Okay, so the last time on Dungeons and Abacles podcast, um, you guys were trying to figure out who this uh, Amulet of Dominion thief was, uh, Kasich Stonefist. Uh, you basically exhausted all your investigation resources on the Isle of Insight and decided to go back and check with your uh, contacts in Karn Lee to see if you could glean any more information from them on who this person may be. Um, you made it back to the Olive Insight. Uh, you tried to check into Carnley Inn and Stables, where you saw Steven, who was not too happy to see you back there. Um, Talia went back and spied for a little bit and figured out uh, it was because uh, Adel had intimidated him and you thought it was best not to stay there. So you headed off to, I think it was the Grand Inn in Carnley and uh, got a room there. You were settling in for the night and you decided to send a letter via courier ahead of you um, to Ares Goldsmith in the Nobles District. Um, you were going to sleep for the night and Talia snuck out. Juliet, Juliet decided. Noticed. Yeah, Juliet decided to follow her. Everybody else is probably up at this point. Shane, you are going to hear a knock on your door uh, around uh, 7 a.m. I go up uh, and answer it. Okay, you answer it, and there is a uh, a courier outside your door and says, uh, I've been instructed to bring this letter to this room. Understood, I'll take it. Anything I need to sign? No, that won't be necessary. Understood, I, I just take it from him. Uh, go ahead, and is there anything uh, crazy on You're it? You're not going like to tip him? That, that wouldn't make sense. I give him two gold. <laughs> Civility. He takes the money and you close the door, and I'm assuming you're opening the letter. Yes. The letter says, uh, message received. Stop by my place afternoon. It's signed uh, AG. Okay. I go and uh, wake up my fellow companions and tell them the letter we've just gotten. Okay, so you go wake up everybody and you notice that uh, Juliet and Talia's not there. I asked if uh, anybody's seen Talia or or Juliet. I have not. No. 
So uh, yes, Adel's still waking up. Yeah, he's still doing his uh, his routine, getting ready. I guess he's still groggy. Yeah. So we'll say, uh, I guess it takes uh, you guys maybe like an hour or so to get ready, and by that time, uh, Juliet and Talia um, make it back to the room. Hey guys, where have you been? Places. Would you like to elaborate? No, uh, but thank you. Okay. I go and uh, tell him about the note. A note, huh? And have you told anyone else about it? Yeah, I've told everybody here. I see. So, let's go tell how Juliet's leadership was an absolute travesty that did not get us what we wanted. Oh, you you put it so, well, accurately, but... (laughs) Hey, I'm just being honest and having fun at your expense. (laughs) Because I'm evil. Oh, that's why, okay. So we are going to have to tell them about our recent misadventure on the island. But I should also note that we obtained a number of books that could be useful and we didn't waste their spell scrolls. So if at a later date after they reactivate the wards, they still have the chance to go back in and uh, do whatever it is they did. We do have a lead, so it's not a total loss here. Indeed. So everyone rise and shine, wear your best outfits and... Pray. Pray. Dear Satan. <laughs> I've been a good boy. Or a bad boy. And I'm terribly sorry about that. <laughs> okay, so what are you guys doing now? We're heading to the Noble District in our finest things after breakfast. All right. Yeah. So uh, we'll say you guys uh, take breakfast at the end. You cash in those buffet tickets. You make your way to the Noble District. Um, it's sometime uh, after uh, noon, and you come to the gates, and you give your invitation to the guard um, that you had previously that gets you access, and the guard just looks at it and motions you through the gate. You go to Lady Ares Goldsmith's mansion, and you're met there again by her servant at the door who recognizes you and says, Wait a moment and walks inside. About a minute later, he comes back out and says, Councilwoman Goldsmith will see you. Please come in. And as you walk in, um, you see that Aries Goldsmith is playing with a young girl, about seven years old. With her is the Archmage Steph, who gave you all the intel and passwords and such to get into the tower and also vouch for you. And there's also the uh, tiefling bodyguard. Ares says to the young girl, We have grown-up things to discuss. Please go to your room and play Kira. And the girl nods her head before gathering up a doll and going upstairs. And Ares waits for a moment until she hears the girl close the door behind her to her room. Ares says, Welcome back, my dark companions. I trust your errand went well? Unfortunately, no. Our errand did not go well. It seems we are not the only ones seeking the Amulet of Dominion. Do you care to explain? Uh, Yes, of course. While we infiltrated there successfully and made great use of your passwords and other things, when we did go down to the basement, I suppose they call it the Citadel or some such, the wards that were there, uh, they were already broken. 
and once we reached the case that was supposed to have the amulet in it, it instead was gone, replaced with a note by a Kasich stone fist. So as you're saying all this, both Steph and um, Ares' eyes get wider and wider until you say Kasich uh, stone fist, and then Steph just sputters incredulously. Kasich Stonefoot, do you mean? Kasich? Yes, yes. Are you sure? That is what the note wrote. Motion, I believe, uh, Talia, you had the note? Or did so, did I put it away? I don't know. We show her the note. <laughs> yeah. So Steph takes the note from you and studies it. You can see the expression on her face just get more dour and dour and dour. Ares says to Steph, Do you know this thief, Steph? Steph, the archmage, says, what could that fool possibly be playing at? Kasich Stonefoot was a mage of middling power who attended the tower and was sent away after he reached the limit of his potential. He didn't possess what it takes to be an archmage, and he was odd. Not quite mad, just very, very odd. Even for a wizard. He claimed to be a descendant of one of the saviors, Uriel Ironstaff, who created the Amulet of Dominion which he thought gave him some entitlement. How ridiculous. He wanted to continue his ancestors' experiments to control animals and eventually started making abominations because he couldn't experiment on people. This wasn't tolerated very long by the tower. He was summoning tiny water elementals he called nymphs, injected them into his abominations' head. He was using the elementals to control these abominations, but we all know you can't control an elemental for only so long. He fell behind in his studies and caused quite a mess with his experiments and was expelled from the tower about four years ago. I have no idea how he got back into the tower, much less got access to the Citadel. How the hells did he get access? I can't imagine he's working with anyone. He always was a loner. This is worrisome. He could be working with someone else. But that's a concern for another time. He absolutely cannot be allowed to have it. If I remember correctly, he's from a small village near Brown Meadow. I would start looking there. You must prevent him from continuing his experiments at all cost. Find out who he was working with to get access to the tower and end him and any of his experiments you come across. Would this village of Brown thing be to the west of the Isle of Insight? That's where we know he was last we checked. Well, I mean, I, you would have to maybe go west before you could get on the road to Brown Meadow. It's just a guess. I just know he's from there. Oh, it's certainly a place to start. We'll gladly end him. And anything he's fond of. And anyone he's working with. And possibly his family. And village. To be fair, it wasn't a total loss. We didn't have to use any of your scrolls or any of the resources you gave us other than the identities. All of that can certainly be returned to you and should it be necessary, it can be used another time. They have no use for me. Keep them. I can always make others. That's very gracious of you. If you have nothing else to discuss and if anyone else has nothing to discuss, we'll be on our way to find this fellow before he gets any further. Ares says, yes, you do that. But I have to ask, how did you leave the tower? What do you mean? You got them to expel leave? us. Would you care to explain how that happened? They threw a rager of a party. 
we wanted to not let any suspicion fall on us by just disappearing. So we got them to make us leave. Hmm. Ares says with a sad smile, that's still unfortunate that your presence can be linked back to Steph. And by Steph, me. She vouched for you and there could be suspicion that you stole it with your abrupt leaving. Thank you, Steph. You will never know how much you've meant to our cause. I shall truly miss you. And Steph says, well, what do you mean by that? And as soon as the words leave Steph's mouth, the tiefling standing behind her pulls out a dagger from her belt and in one swift motion plunges it into her back. The elf gasps and her eyes go wide as she clutches the tip of the dagger sticking through her chest. She begins to cast a spell and it fizzles as she falls dead to the floor. Lunadas sips his tea. And then Ares says, such a shame. I didn't want to kill her. I really did like her and she was excellent conversation. It's still too dangerous to leave her alive. Steph is, was, too talkative under the wrong conditions. How do you think we got her to give us the information we needed in the first place? She isn't a true believer or a talent, but she's very fond of her young niece who was her ward. And that niece has been our guest for the past months. She then uh, nods to the tiefling. Will you take care of that as well, dear? And the tiefling nods and walks upstairs. Wait, are you going to simply kill her? Yes, she's a loose end. You don't have to kill children. They're not going to do anything wrong. And how could you possibly know that? Children have loose tongues. She knows me. She knows you. Why so sentimental over a child? Yeah, guy. <laughs> God damn it, Oliver. The Lunada sips his tea. Oh, look, weren't we all children at one point? I mean, who's going to believe them? I mean, I was a child at one point. Everybody here was a child at one point. Would you... One of them still is a child. <laughs> She's a young adult. If you were to, um to raise the child as your own, she could become a, a valuable resource for you. Especially if she has her aunt's magical talent. <laughs> yes, and I'm sure she won't remember her aunt's death at my hand. How she old didn't she? see your aunt's death, yeah. You're all mistakenly under the impression that any of this is up for discussion. And then she nods at the tiefling, who continues her walk upstairs. And then a minute later, you hear a tiny scream, and the tiefling walks back downstairs, wiping her dagger on a cloth. And then Ares says, It's a sad day indeed, but all the loose ends are tied up. I guess you did your best you could, given what was given to you. I don't think I can be any more help to you. Or you to me. Unless you would be willing to take care of a... another political inconvenience for me? This might delay our task with Stonefoot, but what is it? Selvin Belmont has recently made some political moves in the council, beyond anyone's wildest expectation. He's the most powerful council person, seemingly overnight. His agenda doesn't necessarily mesh with mine, and there are rumors of him introducing measures to remove the king and install a prime councilman as the new power in the city. That prime councilman would presumably be him. How would you feel about removing him from his newfound power? 
as she says the name Selvin Belmont, Adel knows that she's talking about his father. Why are you talking about my father? Oh, he's your father, is he? Ooh, you can get some revenge, Adel. Very much so. Well, I guess this complicates things a bit. What does it? You want me to kill him, right? Yeah, that would be part of the contract of your group. Okay, let's do it. Is it okay if it's messy and prolonged? I think it'd be better. (laughs) As long as it doesn't get back to me, I don't really care. All right, then. Now, for Adel, this is personal. For the rest of us, it's business. Right, Julia? Uh, Yes, yes. What exactly would be the entirety of the task? Obviously, killing him in some way. Assassination. The method would be up to you. It's it's simply to kill him. Nothing else. No intrigue. No romance. No bootlicking. I really don't care how you accomplish it, as long as he's out of my way. Ah, I see. Then we will get it done. Very well. I'll be lying low for a bit. I've heard rumors that the companions are in the city and they're causing a scene. Something about being part of a vanguard of the saviors or some such nonsense. They're apparently on the hunt for the Red Talons, and they're also looking for you. I would probably get it done quickly and not stay too long. Companions? Hmm. Yes, we should probably be on the move. Very well. Once you've accomplished the task, return here and I will reward you a thousand gold pieces. That is quite generous. We'll get it done as soon as possible. As you can see, I have a mess here to clean up, so if you would be dares and show yourselves out, that would be excellent. Of course. Of course. So, get up to go. So, I guess you guys are leaving the Nobles District? Yes. Let's say uh, you're all back to your hotel room, and you start discussing how you're going to assassinate this uh, Selvin Belmont. All right. Adel, you know where your father lives, yes? How would we get to him? Uh, I could just ask to meet him, and then we could just murder him. Wouldn't that be a little too, I don't know, obvious? It would certainly get, um, ruin your name in the city, if you're known here and known to have killed your father. My name's already ruined, though. You're already a patricide? Yeah, I'm the bastard of this alley. Well, that changes things substantially, doesn't it? Makes them a lot simpler. But my more pressing concern is what you might be identified as someone who is of ill repute. And having someone within our group that simply carries that, obviously, might be troublesome in the future. I'm not saying we're going to kick you out, because that is the last thing on my mind. You're still a valuable part of our group. Perhaps find a way to murder the hell out of your father without everyone knowing about it. Yeah? Yeah, we could poison him. He drinks a lot. I'd just like to say it's kind of funny that uh, you're worried about his reputation and him traveling with you (laughs) when you guys are known Red Talons and you've got the companions on your trail looking for you. (laughs) But this guy... There are limits. (laughs) So then, poison. And he's a heavy drinker. Very much so. So we're going to need a lot of poison. Actually, uh, Adel, check your inventory. (laughs) 
One sec. You've already got it's some. Been you a bought of it weeks, the, but... You bought it the last time you were in Carnley. That's right. It's, uh, I think it was, uh, was it Manicore Poison? I love that it's been like six weeks and you remember this and Oliver doesn't. I think I'm more invested. Yeah, I guess I do have Manticore Poison. Because you bought it from that, uh, sketchy shop down That's in the right. uh, warehouse district. That's right. But oh. he's a dwarf. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because I am a half-dwarf. So, poison, probably not the best way to go. I always exactly. thought that you were a dwarven on your mother's side or something. <laughs> uh, see, do dwarves have any sort of natural immunity to swords? No. How about we sword him to death, then? That's what, That was my plan. Actually, your plan was poison, but whatever. <laughs> the other one was stab him to death. Poison him with steel. Yeah, with lead. <laughs> Or adamantine. Whatever. I'll so, take care of it. Don't worry. I got it. So uh, at this point, Adel is going to uh, gather up his stuff and leave the hotel on the way to uh, his uh, father's manor. And that's going to leave the uh, you guys uh, the rest of the day to uh, get your stuff together. Oh, yeah. You going to Matt Cedric's Discount Goods and Adventurers Emporium? Of course. He has a shopping cart. Where too. He's got shops everywhere, man. He's like McDonald's. It's uh, healthier. <laughs> well, they t- they took the uh, the beef jerky out of the uh, the Cedric's Happy Meals. It was too much salt for the kids. <laughs> Just put an orange in there. They won't get scurvy then. Or diabetes. Diabetes. Mm-hmm. Diabetes. All right, so I'm guessing you guys are going to get like uh, the regular gear for the journey, um, some rations and some dried meat, some cookware and beans. How are you going to travel? So let's take a look at the uh, world map. I think we should get mounts. Can I get a pony? Sam. All right, so you guys are currently in Carnley, and you're going to be traveling to Brown Meadow, which is up here. Um you could probably take a boat back up river to um, the Isle of Insight and then maybe to one of the farms and try to get mounts there. Or you could try to get mounts uh, in Carnley and uh, travel to uh, Brown Meadow. It'll probably take you from Carnley to Brown Meadow maybe about a week and a half to two weeks. We need mounts then. You could probably cut that in half if you took a boat. Boats are fun. Took the boat all the way up to uh, Brown Medellin? Uh, yeah, you could do that. Which would uh, take you back out in open waters and then along the uh, the Witch Coast. Yeah, I'm not sure if the going across the ocean or even into open waters is a good idea at all. We want our profile to be as small as possible, which means traveling privately. If we had a ship that was, you know, completely open and could go up that river, we probably could do that no problem but uh as of right now i think we're gonna have to go as you guys are suggesting by mount we could take the, the boat past the isle of insight but i'd be afraid to go any further with something to track us with so at this point it's probably been i want to say a month to five weeks um since you first uh entered carnley john give me a odds or evens evens all right. Darn. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you go 
if you went looking around uh, the docks to see if uh, the Sea Witch was still in port, um, because Stormbringer said uh, he was going to be there for a while, for a while. He's he's not docked. The ship's not there. Of course. Sounds a good try. Well, maybe catch a boat back up to the Isle of Insight, provision ourselves there, maybe nice mounts, and then ride across to Brown Meadow. I think that going back towards the Isle of Insight is a bad idea. Well, they know us as scalawags, not necessarily as the thieves of the amulet of thing. Yeah, but why remind them of our faces? That's a good, good point. point. Yeah. Or you could always uh, buy a boat. Think we're made of money, Kevin? Uh, I don't tell you are. We have a lot of money. We ever seen amount last time I checked. Altogether, you probably, if you pulled all your resources, you would have probably eight thousand gold pieces. More like ten to fifteen, I think. But uh, uh, no, I thought uh, you got four thousand. Uh, Talia got four thousand, and then you had fifteen hundred. Shane is carrying a couple. I have twelve hundred. Okay. Maybe let's just uh, buy a mount and go directly there from here. Go across the river and just ride north. Sounds good to me. Well, let me let me just draw a path to make sure that we're all on the same page in terms of where we're going. So we're going to go across the river like you guys said, and then straight towards Brown Meadow, correct? Yep, unless there's a more traveled route to, or the, to the east through the plane station. It just looks more direct if we cross the river first. Okay. Uh, give me a history check. 23, you would know that there is a great road that runs from uh, Carnley up to Blackstep and to Soulsunder. And by the time, there's probably about 10 or 20 miles before you get to Brown Meadow, there's a uh, another road that branches off that goes to Corpeth to the uh, northwest or yeah northwest but there's no like direct grand road to brown meadow but by the time you get here this is all like step lands you know there's not like trees blocking your path or anything like that it's kind of grasslands and by the time you get to ground meadow it's uh, pretty scraggly so knowing us we just run into a tribe of chaotic evil bear badgers or something uh let's just go ahead and take the road toward blackstep yeah I just want a cart uh, pulled by a horse for uh, a Lunadas so that he can be an evil Friar Tuck. God damn it. All right, so we'll say that you guys go to um, Stable and Livery uh, in Carnley. Are you buying horses for everyone, or what are you buying? I have none of the gold, so everyone else is going to have to purchase stuff at their discretion. I think a horse for everyone short of, uh, of Talia. Yeah, a pony would probably be better for me because of my stature. And we might need something... You could just ride with Juliet. Oh no, Talia's getting her own horse. She has the money for it. (laughs) She's acquired the taste for goods. (laughs) Alright, so you've got um, choices here, because it's a a large livery and a stable uh, here in Carnley. So you've got choices between uh, heavy horse, light horses, ponies, and then light and heavy war horses. And even a war pony. I want a war. Po- I want a war pony. <laughs> hey, half has got to go to war too. You know what I mean? Um. So a war pony is going to run you 100 gold pieces. And what about the tech? 
that is going to cost you... Do you want a military, a pack, or a riding saddle? Probably riding with some saddlebags. Okay, that's going to cost you about 15 gold pieces. Alright. Okay, Alunidas wants a cart and a cart horse so that he can carry all the provisions, I guess, and his cookware. So we're going to say if you want a cart horse, that's going to be uh, 100 gold pieces. Okay, and the cart? Uh, the cart's going to cost you uh, 75 gold pieces. That's not much. Uh, what's the rest you guys getting? Probably need something hefty for Juliet and Adel. Uh, yeah, they would probably need at least a heavy horse. So a heavy horse is going to run you 200 gold pieces. And a heavy war horse is 400. I say we do the war horse. That's just me. <laughs> you can take a war horse. I'm more concerned with mobility. She's yeah. Juliet strikes me as less about uh, being in the thick of it these days. You also got to consider that if you get between Alunidas, Juliet, and Ali or no, Alunidas has his own money, so it'd be between Adel. Mm-hmm. Um, Juliet and Alexander, you have 1,200 gold. Yeah. Unless uh, you want to get money from Talia or from uh, Alunidas. I'm assuming neither of you are pulling that money that you made from that theft. Well, Alunidas, it just never occurs to him because he's never had or thought about money before. He's waiting for people to ask. Well, not so much waiting. Again, it's just not occurring to him. Talia will help if someone asks, and I guess... How much are regular horses again? So war horses are 400? Well, heavy war horses? Yeah, uh, heavy war horse is 400. A light war horse is 150. A light horse is 75 gold. And a heavy horse is 200 gold pieces. So, Alexander, you could probably get get away with a light horse because of your size. Um, but because of Adel's size and Juliet's size, they would probably need a heavy horse. Okay. So right now we got me, Juliet. So Juliet and Adel are going to need heavy horses, so that's seven. No, 75 is a regular light. And then how much is a regular heavy horse? 200. 200, so that's 400 for them. And 75 for me and Alunidas, so that's 150, 550. Alunidas already took care of his stuff, yeah. Oh yeah, because he's got his own money. Yep, he's got actual money. I'm rolling it. <laughs> okay, so that's four hundred and seventy-five plus saddles. So a military saddle yeah, is going to cost that. you twenty gold pieces, and a riding saddle is going to cost you ten. I just get military saddle, so that's sixty on top of everything. Okay, so we got two hundred gold for uh, four hundred gold for two heavy horses for Juliet and Adel. Uh, we got 75 for my light horse, 60 for three military saddles for three of us. So, uh, Alunidas and Talia are de- doing their own horses, right? Yep. I already paid for it. Okay. So we're at 535 right now. Um, and then how much would you say for, like, food and stuff for the horses and stuff as we, as we would be traveling? Um, for two weeks worth of provisions, you could probably get that for, I'll say, like 50 gold pieces. Okay. Remember, we have a cart now, so we can carry plenty of stuff. It's true. Yeah, so it's rounding about 600 gold. Okay, so 600 gold plus 700, 800, 
So we'll say 900 gold for everything at this point. Uh, do you want to try to haggle the guy? Do you think I could do an investigation check to check the fidelity of the horses and make sure that not, he's not trying to sell me defective horses? Uh, that would be more of an animal handling check. Go you know, sure. check the tires. Or in nature. Check the odometer. 16. So, 16. It appears that all the, the horses here are in good shape and in good health. You check their teeth and they have teeth are in good shape. You check their hooves and their muscle uh, tone. And uh, this looks like it's these are quality horses. Okay. Yeah, I just pay him up front. I mean, if he's selling me good product, there's no need to, and it's a regular price. I want to sell a car to you, man. I know, right? Help me, help you, help me, help you. <laughs> All right, so uh, you hand over the, uh, the 900 gold, and now you are the proud owners of a bunch of horses and a cart. Now I'm broke. Uh, you still got uh, 300 gold pieces. 253. Oh no, how unfortunate. You happen to be richer than 90% of the people in this city. More likely than not. Well, was Probably me. more like the world. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget, we're going to get paid another thousand. As soon as Adel kills it. Yeah. Is that coming our way, or is that simply Adel's take? Let's be honest, Adel would do it for free, probably. Do what? Kill your dad. Oh yeah, totally. We're going to say that uh, you take the horses and the cart uh, back to the inn where you're staying, and um, Adel is going to uh, show up the next morning and tell you it's all taken care of. How much for a puppy for Talia? Uh, let me look that up. Too damn high. <laughs> the puppies are too damn high. Okay, what kind of uh, dog are you looking for? Um, probably like a mastiff puppy or or like a big, uh, actually like an Irish wolfhound would be perfect because they're they're big but they're also quiet and fast. Okay, we're gonna say that uh you um, a Faydale wolfhound. <laughs> so we're gonna say you make it to uh, Fantasy Pet Smart. <laughs> no, 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 you got to go to a reputable breeder. Don't get it at a store. You know, they, yeah, they exactly. Have puppy You're going to be able to find a uh, like a, a mastiff pup for 25 gold pieces. Sounds good. It's a present from Ed, uh, Aluminum. Now you have to make sure to feed him or her. Don't feed it after midnight, though. <laughs> exactly. Um, if it pees in the cool. cart, you have to clean it up. <laughs> so what do you... What are you going to name your puppy? Uh, my puppy's name is going to be Abbott. Abbott? Yeah, Abbott. Did you have a friend named Costello or something? <laughs> no. All right, and what's everybody's horse's names? Esther. Uh, what what, is, what are all our horses look like? You have a great big horse. I know that, but like what color, you know? Uh, yours is uh, like a charcoal color. Cool. And it's, uh, it's a war horse, or uh, it's a heavy horse, so it's fairly large. I could call it Chimney. Sure. It's your horse, you can call it whatever you want. Yeah, I, I like Chimney for some reason. What's your horse's name, Alinidas? Buttercup. Oh. <laughs> Come here, Buttercup. <laughs> and Juliet, what's your horse's name? Kovac, after her dear father. What is that again? Kovac. Sounds very Vulcan. It probably is, I don't know. And Shane, what's your uh, horse's name? Larson, L-A-R-S-E-N. So uh, we'll say that uh, y'all gather up all your stuff and you start to uh, go across the bridge across the Salt River and 
make it through the western part of the city and you're out on the road on the road again just can't wait to get on the road again so uh you guys travel for probably about two weeks and i'm not going to make you go through any random random encounters or any of that bullshit why not because it's a fairly safe road that uh extends all the way up to uh brown meadow um we can fix that <laughs> are you going to try to roll some farmers or something on traveling up <laughs> <in> the road? <laughs> just like literally just like push them over and they're dead <laughs> it's like any bandits on the road take a look at our group and say probably not <laughs> That one, they're big. There's a lot of them. You guys uh, travel uh, the Grand Road uh, that goes from Carnley up until you are going to get to this fork. And there's a post that says uh, to the west is uh, Corpeth and to the east is Blackstep. And then there, this trail, it's not exactly a road, but it's, it's pretty well worn. Um, there appears to be some ruts in it where there's uh, wagon traffic that comes through here and a sign that says uh, Brown Meadow to the north. Let's go ahead and stop and ask our statue a quick question. Make sure we're on the right path. Ask away. Is Kasich Stone Earth in Brown Meadow? That is our question. OGM is Kasich Stonefoot in Brown Meadow. I almost said Black Metal. So, um, you grab a hold of the statue and you ask the question and the clouds form again. And there's this uh, bluish glow that comes over the sphere. It says there can be no doubt. All right. Let's continue on the road again. Uh, you go past the fork and you go north on this uh, trail. And then after about, you think... 15 or 16 miles, you reach the outskirts of Brown Meadow. Uh, you think the town's probably about another four miles away um, by seeing like some of the smoke coming from cook fires and such. The land is flat and barren, and you can see for a long way in every direction. The land here is scraggly, and the vegetation is almost non-existent. But you can see in the distance trees in green, but where you are now, you don't see any life, uh, be it birds, reptiles, or even insects. It's completely barren. And as you travel across this barren expanse, you see bones and dull rusted still sticking out of the ground. And you see a sign up ahead. All right, we're going to go and read the sign. What exactly does it say? So you read the sign, and the sign is written in six or seven different languages that you can tell you know there's elven and dwarven and halfling and and uh but it uh, common is written at the top and it says the battlefield of brown meadow enter at your own risk uh everybody give me a history check okay has been studying damn 20 everyone would know what the battle of brown meadow was you know it was the site of a great battle between the forces, the combined might of the civilized nations, and the armies of ruin. And so much blood and magic was spent in this once lush land that the land never recovered. The rain and wind never touched this area, and remnants from the great battle still remain. Travelers usually avoid this battlefield. 
The land is considered haunted and cursed by some of the more superstitious people. Only the boldest of treasure seekers delve into this battlefield because of this legend. They say all those who have looted it have met ill fates after claiming a prize. So this is kind of like sacred ground for followers of ruin. Um, Tragic. Yeah, you could say that. It would be like, uh, yeah, you could say that. But uh, it was a pretty pyrrhic victory here for uh, the civilized nations just because so many people died on this battlefield. They deserve it. <laughs> they, they they stole her egg. They deserve whatever came to them. So, uh, you read the sign. Everybody give me a perception check. Yep. I'm good at them. We're all good at these. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's all up to you. So we all know our history, and we're so busy thinking about the past, we don't notice anything in the present. I got a 10, so I got like an average. Uh, well, it, the sun's pretty high in the sky at this point, so even with a low score, uh, Adel, you're going to notice that there's a glint of sunlight shining off something sticking out of the ground about 50 yards away from you. I walk up to it and grab it. Okay, as uh, you get closer, you can see that there is a silver helm sticking half buried out of the ground. I begin to dig it out. Okay, so you pull it out, and this is kind of, um, it's a silver helm that has like a a nose guard that comes down, and then there's some uh, chain mail uh, that goes across the, uh, the mouth of this. And it's not exactly conical, but maybe like a little bullet-shaped on top. All right. Bullet-headed helmet for a bullet-headed half-dwarf. Hmm. I'm going to... Would anyone like to, like, check it to see if it's magical? Probably isn't, but hell, who knows? Yeah, I can uh, check it. Do it! I believe I have a magic. Yep, identify. I will cast identify on the item. Okay, so you cast identify, and this helmet is magical. This is the helm of second chances. Uh, It's an immediate interrupt. The wearer can move his or her speed to protect an ally from attack. The attack is then weighed against the uh, protector's armor class. On a miss, the protector gets an opportunity to attack against the attacker. Criticals made by the attacker must be re-rolled. Damn. Neat. I don't think I understand what it does. <laughs> it turns you into a moving meat shield. Yeah. Oh, so let's, hell yeah. So let's say that uh, you're in a battle and someone attacks Alexander and uh, is going to hit. Uh, you can do an immediate interrupt to move your speed to take that hit. And then that attack is weighed against uh, your armor class. And if the if the attacker misses you, you get an opportunity attack against the attacker. And any criticals made uh, against you on that must be re-rolled. Hell yeah. And you can do that uh, once per encounter. Time to buy you some super fancy armor. Yeah. So are you keeping that, Adel? Hell yeah, I'm going to put that on right now. Okay, so as you put that on... Here we go! (laughs) 
you're standing near the body, and as you put that on, a ghost of that body um, starts um, coming out of the uh, ground. All righty. And away. are we all like 50 f- yards away watching this happen? Uh, Shane would have to be close to it uh, in order for him to identify it. So did we all go up to join him, fellas? No, 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 no. Juliet did not. <laughs> Hell yeah. So uh, currently it is Adel and Alexander standing over this body as a ghost makes its way out of the ground from the body you took the helm from. Wisps of bluish gray smoke coalesce from the fog and form a tall knight clad in plate mail. He appears to be human with a close cropped beard. He is holding a great sword with one hand and points to Adel with his other and says, You may not take my helm. It is mine, formed by honorable smiths and unchanted by all powerful mages of the Tower of Insight. You have no right to it. Why have you disturbed my slumber, thief? This field is for the honorable dead who gave their lives to defeat the forces of ruin. You have not fought or shed your blood here on this holiest and most dreaded of battlefields. You have no right of conquest or plunder. You are not of our ilk. I sense evil and hell about you, paladin, and it shall not be born. I give you this one warning. Leave us in peace and flee this field before you cannot, you dishonorable scavenger. And I think that's probably a good place to end it. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Dungeons and Debacles podcast. If I could ask a halfling size favor, give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It's the best way to support us. New episodes come out every Monday, so make sure to check your podcast app you have an idea to make the podcast better tell us about it on twitter or facebook you can also check out our website to see all the maps lore and characters at dungeonsanddebaclespodcast.com and now a word from our fantasy sponsor as an important powerful and wealthy person it could be so hard to stand out in the crowd these days Make a statement wherever you go with the latest and forward-thinking fashions from Marcus's Haute Couture. We have the finest materials from all corners of Suel, exotic dyes in every shade of the rainbow, and unrivaled craftsmanship. Whether it's your wedding, a graduation, a holiday, or a coronation, we have a style for any occasion that will make you look your best. They will know you came to Marcus as soon as you walk into the room. Located in the finest shopping district in Conley and the world, you can find us in the North Market. Marcus's Haute Couture. Because you are worth it. So, uh, what we'll do for this episode is you'll just say, uh, don't worry about it, I'll take care of it. And then uh, I guess uh, the rest of you guys will be uh, getting prepared uh, for your trip. Because it's not yeah, going to be a short buy. journey to Brown Meadow. We can buy horses and a cart and and a big dog for Talia. So uh, let's role play yes. that out. Wait, can I actually get a puppy? 
I was thinking a war dog, but a war puppy, sure. Like a mastodon? <laughs> That's an elephant. You mean mastiff? Yeah, mastiff. Meantime, the rest of us can plan our trip. Ooh, this will be fun. I can buy cookware. Cookware? I love cooking. All right, fair enough. Let's whip out the handy-dandy computer calculator. Fantasy accountant. accountants. <laughs> that's that's got to be a commercial at some point. That might be the commercial for this episode. <laughs> Fantasy accountants. Adel is going to uh, show up the next morning and tell you it's all taken care of. If uh, you want to role play that out now, Adel. Uh, it's all taken care of. <laughs> you, you, no knock at the door. You don't even walk into the inn. Just it's all taken care of. Yeah, I just say it just as whispers like, himself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's just standing like five feet in front of the door. He just stops and it's like it's all taken care of. Oh, and then cool! Just the walks away. <laughs> I like the idea of Adel just stopping every five feet all the way back saying it's, all over and over. <laughs> it's just like the Dark Knight Rises that movie was interesting because it had two main characters you couldn't understand alright how much for a puppy for Talia uh, let me look that too up too damn high <laughs> the puppies like are too really damn high dog. say again Talia like a really big dog. A dire wolf hound. Dog and w wolf dire. <laughs> dire chihuahua. Oh, God. <laughs> that, that'd be a very scary animal. Incredibly territorial and about the size of a regular dog. It's like the size <laughs> of a raccoon. Like a fat raccoon. It does nothing but tremble and snarl. <laughs> I never thought I'd have to, to Google Dungeons and Dragons dog prices. <laughs> I know, right? You can teach it tricks and she can make it, you know, chew people's throats out and it can help her flank. That'd be interesting. And it can bring her slippers. So I was, uh, and this can be taken out of the episode, but I was listening to one of the early, earlier episodes and I noticed that the rogue in the, the first group that got killed, he had a pet rat. Yeah, justice. <laughs> Maybe it'll like come back as a mutant creature, living in the uh, witching woods for a couple of years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it just comes back as like this Hulk creature. I had ideas for how to bring Tivit back as an NPC boss fight or something. I don't know if uh, Kevin liked them at all. It involved making him into a were rat. That'd be cool. Were rat. I always found I... were rats personally because it feels like they're in ev they're just kind of everywhere. Yeah, they're the they're the rats of the were world. So yeah, that yeah, means there should be everywhere. like four of them tops. <laughs> I, I kind of figured that Adel would say no, mine, or it's mine now, bitch. <laughs> I tell you what. <laughs> the music you heard on this episode was Tempting Secrets, Crowdhammer, Metaphysics, Intrepid, Minstrel Guild, Metaphysics, The Snow Queen, Teller of the Tales, and Rights. By Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License. CreativeCommons.org slash licenses slash by slash 3.0.